Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the Lions.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at another three-game NBA playoff slate here on Thursday night with you guys. We are taking a look at some best bets in this video. We also have our player props video up for you, so make sure to like and subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Also head to thelines.com. You can check out all the great written content we have up there as we're throwing the picks up on the site during the playoffs right now. Uh, And we also have the odds finder tool up there. You can use that to make sure you are getting the best odds available to you in all of these bets that we're making in the NBA postseason right now. Nate, let's jump right into your first NBA bet best bet for tonight yeah it's similar to two nights ago I'm going Suns money line and I'm going book and Durant to score 25 plus uh, which is actually still plus 200 this time not adding the DeAndre Aiden rebounds which we hit on uh, Tuesday I'm gonna I'm gonna cut my cut 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 and run on that one and not depend on it every time because he did have five personal fouls and who knows if he has to sit Look, it's not a question that those guys are going to score 25, really. Um, The Suns need that to win. Uh, It's a question of whether the Suns are going to be able to pull this out again. And I I do think they are. I mean, despite the fact that the Clippers have superior depth, it's the playoffs and your bench guys are playing like 15 minutes for the Suns. They're starting. The longer the series goes along, the better the Suns are going to look because they are really the ones figuring it out. On the fly, it seems like Monty Williams is really trying to figure out his rotation behind the big four there and figure out some defensive strategies, which they actually pulled out, which is like they they doubled Kawhi Leonard. Like, why wouldn't you? In game one, they didn't. That's why I was trying to fade him in game two. And he, I mean, they still let him go off for three quarters, but then they doubled him in the fourth. And on those possessions, the Clippers shot one for seven from the field. Not surprising when you don't have Paul George out there, when Eric Gordon is your second best offensive player. Um, And the fact that Russ went nine for 16 from the field, had a great offensive game, is in some ways a double-edged sword. I mean, now the Clippers are going to, you know, there's going to be a lot of groaning from the home fans as he decides he's going to pull up and not get the ball to Kawhi if Kawhi's being face guarded, doubled, whatever. Um, Look, the Suns won that game with some excellent defense. They won it despite getting outshot set by 17 free throws, allowing 12 offensive rebounds again. Um, I mean, the, held the Clippers to a 17 to 15 assist to turnover ratio, which is troubling. They won it despite a pretty poor game from Kevin Durant, who just crept to that 25 that we needed for the parlay. I think he'll bounce back. I mean, five assists, five turnovers, 0 for 4 from three. That is very un-Durant-like. And Booker... <clears throat> who's, you know, just been able to play off him, though, with the Clippers trying to deny Durant. That's the difference, right? You can deny Kawhi, make Eric Gordon beat you. If you deny Durant the ball, Devin Booker will beat you. He scored 38, and and he's, you know, since Durant came on, shooting over 50%, averaging over 30 points per game, his first seven with KD. Even Torrey Craig is thriving as as just a wide-open option because of the attention those two guys draw. So while... There are some concerns about the Suns' lack of depth, of the fact that Book and KD have had to play 44 minutes in each of these games. Um, look, I, I'm more concerned about Kawhi on shorter rest than those guys. If you talk about injury history or, oh, Chris Paul always gets injured, it's Kawhi who, who can wear down, who takes half the regular season off so that he can go on these super heroic uh, playoff runs uh, I, I don't think he's going to necessarily run out of gas yet, which is why I would say if you add Kawhi to score 25 with this parlay, you're up to plus 280. 
And I, I wouldn't bet against that either. I just don't think the Clippers have enough around him in their starting lineup to match points. And I don't think it's really a big home court advantage for them. They're, they're four and six as home dogs this year, 19 and 22 against the spread. Um, I think the Suns will have plenty of support there as, as they try to uh, take, take control of the series. Yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. Um, you definitely had me until you started talking about Kawhi getting hurt. Cause I don't, I think he's good at this point, to be honest. Um, I think if anything, KD is still the most likely to get hurt. Not that we're asking for that at all. Knocking on some wood here. Just want a good series. 25 for all three of those guys feels like the right call pretty much every night, even though um, I, I don't think Devin Booker is going to get to 30, and I'll talk about that a little bit. I think the key thing here, though, in Game 3 is I do think there's going to be a few less points. I know it hasn't been like an offensive explosion necessarily in this series. Uh, I mean, the 123 that the, the Suns scored last game is not what I expect them to get at. The Clippers are a bit better at home. They, they tend to go under at home. They, they give up a lot less points at home. So there's going to be fewer points. Doesn't really matter on the Suns team to, to your point about the depth. Like if they get 101 points, are you going to be surprised if Booker and KD have 62 of them together combined? Right? Like, no, you're not. So uh, that's all still very possible, uh, which is something similar, honestly, to that, uh, that dubs game uh, in, in back in golden state against Sacramento, which is uh, where I go with my first pick in terms of thinking it's going to be similar to what I was saying about the Clippers and Suns back in LA where there's a few less points uh, than there were in the first two games in this series. And that's why my first pick is under the 239 and a half that that game uh, was at last night when I was looking at it. I just want to make sure I still have it right. It is up to 240, half a point. Um, but either way, I'm still going under on that. As I said, I, I think there's a, the key thing to start with is Draymond Green not playing in this game. Um, and, and that is, he, he he's that type of player uh, where on both ends of the floor, he's, you know, equally as important. He, he's, got the uh the sort of the gravitational pull of a sun uh or a mass giant planet because of the fact that he impacts the game so many ways on offense outside of just um you know outside of just facilitating it is also keeping the ball moving it's not necessarily just the first pass it's the the entire offense is predicated on don't stop moving and Draymond Green will is sort of the center point where the ball comes right back to him he makes a pass if there's nothing there it comes right back to him and everyone just keeps cutting that's what I mean by sort of gravitational pull um and i think that he's way more important not way more important because he's probably the best defensive player of the last like 20 years in the nba especially for this modern day nba in the way it plays um but on offense he's equally as important almost as important uh to this to this offense and, and to steph and clay and everything that they do in the last two seasons without him i mean if you remember that stretch last season where he went out for like a month and a half um he missed about 40 uh, 30 games or so um but all season last year missed about 45 and they were 22 and 23 without him versus the 75 and 74 uh, and, and 44 that they were with him uh, over the last two seasons, just basically an average team without him because of the fact that they rely so much on Steph to just do superhuman things. Um, you know, also, the, like I said, five less points a game, slightly worse on defense. Um, they play slower without him, a 98 pace versus a 100 pace. Obviously, fewer assists, fewer threes as a result of fewer assists, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're just worse on off. They're not the same dubs that they are without him. Um, it's just diluted way down. And, and this one, going back to Golden State, has me thinking like, okay, well, I, Sacramento's already showed that they can play some defense. Um, Mike Brown has has game planned for Steph Curry very well. And and you, I know it sounds crazy to say that when he's got 58 points and they probably would be doing a lot better if Clay, who I continue to fade uh, in the playoffs right now, um, if, if he was shooting well, that maybe things would be a little bit different. Um, but the way that he game planned for Steph in the second game was incredible. Uh, and I'll talk about, about that a little bit more in player props. Um, but I think that that's going to continue. And now he's got, it's even easier on Mike 
Mike Brown to have to figure out what to do with Steph without his, you know, best sort of facilitator around him and, and taking his game to new heights, which is what Draymond Green is going to go to the Hall of Fame for is making other people around him that much better. Um, so, yeah, Dubs allow three points less at home um, on the road. Their offensive or their defensive rating is 118 versus 108 at home. It's it's the same stuff we've talked about all season, and it kind of continued in the playoffs in this last game, giving up 249 points in the first two games uh, or however. Yeah, 250, whatever it was. It was a lot of points. Um, and last thing I'll say here, um, you know, Golden State at home, 16 and 25 to the over on the season. Sack 15 and 26 on the road. Both are bottom three sack. That's the least overs uh, on the road of any team. So 240, I think we're getting a bunch of value because we just saw, you know, a bunch of high totals and people think this one's going to come back to the dubs and be more high scoring. Like if anything, it was going to be more high scoring and sack. And we just saw the last game go to 223. We're going to get a lot more of that. It's going to be hard for this uh, the this Golden State team to get points right now. They're going to be working their asses off for every point that they get, I believe, uh, and 240 is too high. Yeah, I am not really as worried about the Dubs' offense, but I do think that they'll lean on on their defense, even without Draymond uh, in, in this backs-against-the-wall situation. I mean, it's the playoffs. I think we were kind of misled by the first game going nearly 250 in this series and being like, oh, this is going to be just like the regular season, Kings games, like 240. Like, no, we're not getting to 240 very often in the playoffs. Like, it does slow down. And the and the Warriors going smaller, probably, without Draymond. More Gary Payton, more DiVincenzo. Probably means they'll do a better job of slowing down the Kings' pace, right? And and being able to keep Fox out of the lane and, and make this much more of a grinded-out game where you are going inside and, and the officials are swallowing the whistle. And it's just not, not free-flowing points. So, yeah, the under is definitely the safest way to approach that game. I agree. I'm going to look at this Nets-Sixers game, and the question is, will the Sixers sweep? Will they win both of these in Brooklyn? I'm going to say probably. Uh, I'm going to say they win game three. Maybe they chill in game four. But look, Embiid double-double in a win is plus 112. And I think you can take the spread, sure. But I, 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 Embiid has a double-double in 13 of his last 16 playoff games. Did not in game one uh, in, at home. But in game two, the Nets really like doubled him relentlessly. He had to impact the game in other ways, <clears throat> including 19 boards, seven assists. So I will also mention that five plus assists is plus 215 in the win here. If the, if you think the Nets are going to continue to employ that strategy, I guess it was successful holding Philly to 96, but they only scored 84 in game two, which to me is just like lots of rebounding opportunities. I would be surprised if he doesn't grab 10. The Nets allowed the fourth most rebounds to opponents this season second most to senders specifically they were dead last in field goal shooting after the break um and Embiid on the road 33 points nine and a half rebounds since the start of February in the road in in the road playoff games in his career he averages about 11 rebounds per game Nets also have a worse offense rating at home you talk about another arena that's not really a home court advantage you know since and the, and the Sixers are playing three possessions faster on the road since the start of February. So if this game isn't a 90 pace, then that's going to mean more possessions, more rebounding opportunities when you have two offenses that are kind of sputtering or, you know, I think it'd be to get 10 boards is a pretty safe bet here. Yeah, that's what you're hoping for. Uh, <laughs> I mean, for, for Embiid right now uh, and both these teams, it's just like kind of gross. I, you'd think it would actually 
be a little bit more tailored to Embiid's game. I do wonder about a bit of the fatigue with him when he's going for boards, not quite as many on the offensive end as well as, as maybe you would hope for, especially as he's limiting the other team's uh, rebounds a ton as well, in, especially in that game too, where, I mean, the, the Nets were a bit hotter up. That was a really gross shooting game, um, which is the only thing that kind of scares me about that one because you'd think that he would have come closer to that in the last game as well. But they're, you know, they're doing a good job. They're obviously game planning super well. Give Jacques Vaughn a ton of credit, especially for what he's done with this team since they left. You know, he, they traded everybody. Um, but I, I do think that he's going to have to continue to figure that out in this one. And I'm not sure that he's got it with a Sixers team that is scoring a, a bunch more on the road. Maybe this will be a little bit more free flowing. I'm hoping so for my last pick as well, because I'm taking an over uh, on Cam Johnson. And I just I don't think that they've accounted for the fact that he is an 18 point a game scorer right now. And in his last 10, actually, including the playoffs, he's a 19 point per game scorer in 32 minutes per game. Um, so I'm going over 17 points for him or excuse me, over 16 and a half. He can get 17 um, over 16 and a half. That is on uh, DraftKings. I am going to take the threes because I'm going to assume that if he's getting the 17, he's going to be hitting three threes. He, he could hit two and still get there. But in this series so far, he's got five threes and four threes made uh, in each of these first two games. You only need to get over two and a half for him to get uh, you minus 108 on Caesars. So I'm throwing a unit on both of those. Uh, I, I think there's a, a situation here where you've got to give more cam johnson to the people uh like he played 41 minutes in game two rewarded jacques vaughn with uh 28 points in those 41 minutes 19 field goal attempts was the most on the team made 11 of them um and is shooting 52 percent from the field or excuse me 60 percent from the field in the first two games 52 percent from three not saying he can sustain that for the entirety of the series, but 16 and a half points is below where I believe his prop should be. Like if it was 17 and a half, I would take it. I mean, 20 points for him uh, right now, the best I could find was like plus 155. Not bad uh, for him to get like three more points. I don't know if it's totally worth the extra juice there, unless you're like throwing it in some crazy parlay that you want to do. But you got to give me more Cam Cam Johnson. I, every it's what they need. Dinwiddie uh, is not doing it right now, as I kind of thought he might not. Thirty eight percent from the field uh, for Dinwiddie, uh, and then you've got DFS, who to be fair to Dorian Finney Smith, only forty one percent from the field, but he's two of six from deep right now, uh, averaging that in the, in the first two games. So that's what he's there to do, honestly, on offense, is try to get some boards uh, and, and definitely screen and hit threes when you're open. Royce O'Neal is supposed to be doing that. He's not 27% from the field uh, and even worse from deep as well for Mr. O'Neal. So like all those guys out there that do all the hustle plays and all the like, you know, little things that they need done on the defensive end and such like Cam Johnson's not a liability on the defensive end at six foot 10. Uh, so he's, he's got to play closer to 40 minutes than the 28 minutes that he played in the first game. Uh, still got the 18 points on 11 field goal attempts in just 28 minutes. But I think you're going to have to, you're going to see that much closer to 40 once again than you will that 28 minute clip. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a similar role for him now with the Nets as in terms of like there's two better offensive options. The other team is trying to funnel the ball away from them. And his job is to catch and go or to catch and shoot, right? And he's comfortable in that role. The Nets, uh, Jacques Vaughn clearly understood that he needs to play him more as a third offensive option in game yeah. two. And they still really struggled offensively. Hopefully they that as a team, they're a little bit better uh, at when they go home here, but he, he's the leading scorer. I expect him to get 17 plus again as the Sixers continue to try to limit Dinwiddie and Bridges. 
Yeah, no, and I, th- I think they will. And I think we're going to get a lot more Tyrese Maxey as well. You, you never know when James Harden's just going to not show up like in, in the playoffs. I mean, maybe we should be banking on it more than we don't right now. But randomly, he's going to have like a 14.18 assist game that's going to make everyone look silly. But you're listening to the Lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Nate, I'm going to run through last night, especially because I'm happy to say I had a nice sweep, so I'm very happy to talk about this. You were very close, but Drew Holiday came through super well for us with his 15 combined rebounds and assists. He was all over the place, also had an ass ton of points. We uh, got plus 110 on a bet that you felt very comfortable with there. AD went comfortably under his 40 and a half points, rebounds, and assists, which we had a unit and a half on as well. Bam did not come through as the Miami Heat continue to just be as crazily inconsistent as possible and can't win two games in a row for some reason. Uh, uh, so he failed to go uh, over his rebounds and assists or the uh, the double-double, obviously, there. But Gabe Vincent managed to get his props, which I was not worried about because he was they were so so low for him. Uh, he got the time he needed, which was not very much because not very many starters played, but he got over 10 points. He also got the plus 380 for us on the 15-plus points with 16 to end the game before they took everybody out and stopped playing them. Thank God he got just over that so we could get the, the 3.821 on our money in that and continue to roll along. So let's jump right into your first. NBA play a prop for the night. Yeah, I'm going with Tobias Harris, and this is kind of hinging on the Nets continuing their strategy of doubling Joel Embiid, which helped them hold him to 20 and and hold the Sixers to 96 in game two, gave them a chance. They just couldn't score on the other end, which led to a ton of rebounds. So 20 and a half points in rebounds is plus 100 for Tobias. Uh, I think he can get there either way. If you do think he can get another double-double because he had 12 boards with the Nets struggling to score and a double-double again is plus a thousand at DK. I would put maybe a quarter of a unit on that. Sure. I mean, he averages eight and a half boards along with 18 points in his playoff career with Philly last year, the pretty low usage rate with Maxi ascending 
This year, it's up from 19%. So far in this series, it's uh, nearly 23%, his usage rate. He's got, he's taken 14 field goals in both games, and he's shooting an incredibly high percentage, 8 for 14, 9 for 14. That's good for 20 and a half points on its own. So a rebound on top of his average, and you're good there. He's a plus 21 in this series. He's attacking Cam Johnson, who you also like to score. He's going to be out there for his offense, but he's not a plus defender. Uh, he's a 114 wow. defensive rating since joining the Nets, and Tobias should be able to attack him. The, the Sixers are going to need him as a fourth option. They need him to do exactly this, right? To make defenses pay for doubling Embiid and Harden. And Harden deferred in game two. Maxi went off. I expect him to come down a little bit in terms of his hot shooting. But I think it's going to be there for Harris in terms of open threes and just being able to attack the rack against the Nets team that's generally not very good protecting the rim and also generally gives up a ton of rebounds. Because like I mentioned with Embiid, they're dead last in field goal percentage since the All-Star break. Yeah, and there were plenty of rebounds to go around uh, in that last game. And and Tobias definitely, you you like to see that stat for him that he's been getting those, uh, especially in this series, because uh, if he's going to be out there, he's going to have to do more than score. I know he was definitely a focal point of the offense after uh, James Harden proved that he was not making anything in that game. Uh, And Tobias continues to shoot over 50% from the field. So like he'll continue to get those points, but like the rebounds is what you love to see because like you would just love to be able to play him out there and not always need P.J. Tucker to be out there if you do want uh you know some offense at times essentially or a slightly versatile defender because pj tucker as big as he is is not going to be able to really guard as many people on the perimeter like he used to be able to um and so if tobias harris is out there getting rebounds then you might not need pj tucker all the time or quite as much um which you saw him only play 22 minutes in that last game which was really good for tobias showing that like he can be out there and rebound alongside joel who had 19 in that game because of the abysmal shooting uh that that we had there in game one. Uh, I am going to move on to my first pick here, Nate, and talk about Mr. Devin Booker. You do not agree with me. That's fine. Uh, He's going 29 and a half points. I'm going under on that. I don't think Devin will get 30 in this game. Um, I know he had 38 last game, and and I know he used a big second half to get there uh, because that was the only way he was going to do that uh, after not scoring quite as many in the first half. Um, But, you know, at this point, he's only reached this prop in four of his last five against the Clippers. I think that's super relevant. He's averaging 21 points a game in that time in 35 minutes. Now, he's got 44 minutes on average in the first two. We'll see if they're going to, you know, if he can continue to play that amount of time, I imagine that at the very least he will have to, I do agree that like maybe he's more likely to go off than KD at times because of the fact that they're so focused on KD with Kawhi, but I'll throw a couple things at you to see what you think um, about the way that he's been guarded in this series in game one, Gus Russ guarded him, Gus guarded him. Uh, he guarded him the most of anybody as the primary defender limited him to under, under this total and, and only gave up like four points in the seven and a half minutes that he he was the primary defender on book in game two they took Kawhi off of KD a bunch more so that <clears throat> for about a couple minutes again in, in game two so that Russ could spend more time on KD for some reason I'm not really sure what that was you kind of made the point with Russ that we're gonna have to sort of Clippers fans are gonna have to suffer through what he's doing on offense as a quick side tangent and I would agree like he's the guy that you're just like man when he's making shots it's almost we're almost more upset as a team because now he's just gonna think he has a green light to keep shooting either way he's gonna be out there for all the minutes but I, I do think he's gonna be doing it on book because by the time when he got there in game two that did not work for them uh, Booker went off on Eric Gordon and Terrence Mann who could not come close to guarding him and then if Zubac got 
got switched on him, it was game over. Eight points uh, on like in 50 seconds of, of Zubac being the, the primary defender because it happened like four different times where he went four for four and just like either got a layup or a mid range, which is what he was looking for. So I, I think Russ goes back out there to just hamper book, uh, including what we saw at the end of that game one where he blocked him, threw it off him, won the game for the Clippers. Like why did they take him off of Booker? I'm not really sure. Uh, and, and also just bringing up how much better the Clippers are at home on defense where they have the best home rating, 110 points per game that they're allowing um, and a top five defense at home in terms of limiting the opposing team from 15 to 24 feet which is where Booker owns multiple mansions uh, and spends the majority of his time and, and life is from 15 to 24 feet uh, out there. So I, I think it's a good opportunity for for the uh, Clippers and Ty Lue to make an adjustment that was like, look, KD's going to have a big game. And Kawhi, if Kawhi's not going to spend all day on him, then either put him on book or at least have Russ on book and not on KD. And I, I think he's going to be taking a look at the same stuff I am and, and realize that. Let me recite to you the the record from what Josh said 10 minutes ago about this game. The Suns could score only 101 and Booker and KD could have 62 of those. So, I mean, 30 points is a lot. I just don't think that this is a preferred bet for me because, I mean, multiple reasons. Because there's no Paul George, there's nobody to guard Booker in the series. Russell Westbrook got the better of him, I guess, in game one. Really just lit a fire uh, the, the Clippers guarded the mid-range well, so he stepped back and hit four threes, which is out of character for him. Also six for six at the line, also punishing switches because they, they I mean, Russ is not that guy. He's not going to be a stopper. Three, Kevin Durant is still in defer mode because he's joined the Suns. Book has been the established man in the playoffs. He has multiple 40-point games in the finals with this team. He does fluctuate wildly if you look at his game log, and he will go below 30 more often than not. I just think in this series, in this situation where the Suns are going to get like six points off the bench, if they have any chance, they're going to look to get 30 from both those guys. Uh, so if you think the Suns are winning this game, I would not go under here. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know that I think they're winning this game, to be honest. I think there's a little bit of value on the on the money line there for the clips. Uh, I do think depth will matter a little bit for them. So I, I hear all your points, but I also loved that like a number of them started with he does do the things that indicate he might go under here, <laughs> but you're believing in him. And, and I, I, I'm fine with that. But I'm also believing in a big KD game uh, tonight. I, I don't believe he'll defer. He didn't defer in the first half of last game. He deferred in the second half. And that's yeah. where Book started to do the bulk of his work. So it's possible. You know, we'll see either way. But uh, another fun battle on that one I, I agree the scale should tip back maybe Durant outscores book maybe you want to look at Durant as the leading scorer for this game and see what that bet is but we're moving on here to the dubs and with Draymond out I'm looking for Andrew Wiggins to step up as a rebounder and get seven boards for you put a half unit on this I mean because he hasn't he's still working his way back into game shape right don't know if he'll be able to go as hard as he did in the playoffs last year but we remember what he did, I mean, against those Celtics, who are also a high-scoring offense, 18.5 points, 7.7 rebounds per game. His last 14 in the playoffs last year. Look at his last nine without Draymond. He is averaging 6.5 rebounds in the regular season. Seven of those were on the road. The two home games, he had 18 boards against Milwaukee and the Clippers. Pretty good rebounding teams. He averages six more uh, 0.6 more boards at home versus on the road. The Dubs, as a team, average four more boards at home versus on the road because their defensive rating is 10 points better per 100 possessions. Uh, They only have 41 rebounds per game as a team in this series, despite it being played at a 102 pace. Kings are going to continue to try to push that pace, so there should be opportunities 
And they're pretty vulnerable against small forwards are the Kings. Uh, you know, Wiggins has averaged 25 and six his last four regular season against this team, including 25 and 10 in 40 minutes in November. So I'm looking for another huge uh, minutes performance from him. I, I think that's what the Warriors need. It's a question of whether he has his win now after two games under his belt to give it to them. But I do think he can give them enough rebounding in a game that we both expect to go under 240 and therefore for there to be a lot of rebounds if these teams are going to play at a 100 to 102 pace. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. What's really weird to me is that his rebounds are at six and a half. His points are at 18 and a half. So if he gets 19 and seven, that's 26. But his combo prop for points and rebounds is at 27 and a half. Um, so, oh no, I'm sorry that they added an assist in there. It is 26 and a half. Okay. We're back math. Uh, but more importantly, I agree. Uh, someone's going to have to rebound tonight, man. Uh, Gary Payton's going to be out there. He's going to be flying all over the place defending. He'll probably get a few, um, clay and Steph are going to have to come in and rebound who are both wildly underrated rebounding guards, especially Steph Curry. Um, but you know, outside of Kevon Looney, like Jamichael Green's going to get some time. Anthony Lamb might get some run, but like Wiggs is going to be the second best rebounder on this team every second that he's on the floor and the best rebounder probably when uh, Kevon Looney is not out there, which I don't know if Kevon can give you more than roughly 32 to 35 minutes anyway um, as a starting center and only center at this point really has been. So uh, Wiggs is going to be out there for minutes. Like, sorry if you're in shape or out of shape, bro. Hope you were on the treadmill while you were gone because like you're going to be needed out there a lot tonight. uh, And there's zero chance to me that he plays less than 40 minutes, right? Like I I think he's definitely getting out there for that. Um, And with the under as something that we both like as well, then there's gonna be more boards. And probably less assists for Steph Curry, which is my second prop. Um, And I'm taking an under on Steph Curry in the playoffs. And I'm not doing it with his points. Um, I I do think there's something to be said for under 37 and a half points and assists. But I also don't have the balls for that because he could score 33 and it would surprise zero people. So I'm just going to go for the assists because I get plus money on him to get under eight assists, which is a lot of assists. And you have to start with what happens when he does play without Draymond. And you would think, well, Draymond's not out there getting assists, so he's probably got to get more. And it's like, nope, nope, that's not how it works. Uh, Draymond's out there doing things that you can't even see him doing at times unless you're really looking for it. Like I said, the hockey assist in terms of making the right pass to Steph to put him in a position to either be wide open to score or have a defender running at him, run to the rim, feed it, whatever, right? Like that's how Steph gets his assists a lot more than just bring the ball up, play, make, and then dish. Like that's not Steph Curry's type of point guard. So he needs Draymond out there for assists. He gets one more assist per game with Draymond, which is six when Draymond's out there um, and five without him in the last two seasons, which there's a sizable amount of games that he's played roughly 45 without Draymond in the last two seasons. Um, He's recorded this number once in the last eight games versus Sacramento. He's recorded this number once in the last eight times he's played without Draymond Green. There is no way that Mike Brown is going to let him cross half court without having someone inside of his jock strap uh, and another person already with their eyes on him ready to double by the time he gets to the bottom of the circle or the, the dubs logo is what I mean. Um, so you saw it in the first game. He already received a ton of, uh, of double teams in the first game, making him get the ball out of his hands. Uh, there, He's still very good. He had Draymond Green out there to help him get open. I still think he's going to get open, but they're going to need points. And I don't think he's going to get into a place where he's able to get down low and then just start diming people. I think he's going to be 
chucking a ton of threes. Uh, and he's probably going to need to make like seven of them for this team to win tonight. Like I said, they're going to be hard pressed to get points. I think they're going to be working their asses off for everything they get. Last thing I will say is my boy Davion Mitchell out of Baylor. Love Davion. Wonderful defender. Game one, played 21 minutes. Not enough for him. Uh, Steph had zero points in the three minutes that Davion was guarding him as the primary defender. In game two, Mike Brown knew that he had to play Davion more. Jumped his minutes up to 28. Steph scored four points in the seven minutes that Davion was guarding him. And Davion was the leading scorer in that game, holding his Steph to 28. I say holding to 28 because his prop was at 29 and a half where it is tonight for the points. And once again, we'll never feel comfortable taking an under on Steph Curry points, to be honest with you. But the assists, I feel pretty good that he can get under eight and I get plus 115 on BetMGM. I, I like this one. I, I know you said I hate I was hating on both of your props, but no, I think this makes sense when you look at his game log. It's, you know, he spikes with eight assists. Like, that's his ceiling pretty much. Um, and especially at home, like you said, with Draymond out, I, I don't know how this one's going to shake out, honestly. I think there's a lot of emotions involved. and I, But I think there is a, definitely a scenario where the Dubs just do that third quarter avalanche and then it's over. And, and the Kings... Mm-hmm who have no experience in that kind of new in that road environment in the playoffs. Uh, maybe they're not really ready for that kind of punch, even with Draymond out that the, that the Warriors can deliver because they've been a perplexing home road team all year. And yeah, I mean, so far, if it is a close game, Mike Brown's defense has done a great job forcing five turnovers in both games from Steph and eight total assists in two games, despite a huge usage rate, despite the ball being in his hands all the time. So uh, plus 115 is fine for me uh, on a number that he tends to go under. Yep. Awesome. All right, great. We're in agreement on the last one. Uh, Feeling good about both of them, but we'll see how we do tonight. Hopefully we can stay super hot with you guys. We are up uh, combined like 10 and a half units uh, in the last four nights of making these picks in the playoffs. So continue to follow along as that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. Until we see you next, happy betting. 